The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. The incomparable Stacey Boudry and Hall of Famer Dr. Michael Milstead couldn't be on this episode tonight. Shout out to those two as they prepare for going back to school. Schools across the country are opening as superintendents and school boards decide on best practices for keeping students safe and COVID free. Some say that reopening of schools should have been universally led by the Secretary of Education. Without regard for political affiliation, we ponder how much regulation and oversight is needed in returning to school nationally. Should we have a unified effort and plan from the Secretary of Education or should decisions about opening be left up to local school boards? So without further ado, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And I'm here with two amazing guests. I am so excited to talk to these two amazing educators. First, I would like to introduce to you all Dr. Nita Saeed. Hi, everybody. I am Dr. Nita Saeed. As we all know on social media, I'm teaching and more. And I am currently teaching as a fourth grade teacher. And I just wrapped up my doctoral program. And so it's been one amazing ride through my 10th year in education. Excellent, Dr. Saeed. You know, we're going to come back because we homies. And then, <laughs> speaking of homies, I got a very good friend of mine who I like to call Dr. Speaking into existence, Jeremy yes, Sanders. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, it's good to be here. I mean, I've heard it so much. Hey, God is good. That's yeah. being signed. It's being spoken into an existence. You know, hey, we just got to get through 2020 because, good Lord, I need 2020 to go. Um, but then I'm going to get this thing rolling. This is Doctorius, but uh, my name is Jeremy Sanders, assistant principal. This is actually my sixth year as an administrator. I, ooh, I can't believe this is my 17th year in education. It's been a blessing, uh, but uh, mainly just work with our inner city kids, as we call them, uh, at East Side, a.k.a. the Beach Side, back-to-back state champs over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, I see with them big old rings. I'm not even really going to say nothing right now. You know, I coached, I coached some great players, but I never got the ring. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Saeed, we used to work together. You were one of my favorite new people that we brought in. Remember that? I remember when I was a brand new educational technologist, but I I was, it was great working with you, Will. I learned so much. I thought I knew technology when I walked in, but little did I know there was so much to learn. But thank you so much for coaching me as well. Before I take 
all that credit. Let me just go ahead and say that, you know, there are certain people who you meet in your career who you know are going to be successful. You can just tell that they are bright people. And I remember um, when we had an opening and we were looking for somebody and then they hired you. And at first they was like, man, they hired this young little girl. And it's like, man, we don't need no young girls. We need somebody with some sense. And, uh, <laughs> Lo and behold, uh, you are you are always a doctor. I mean, you're just an amazing person, and I always enjoy working with you. So um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Got you. And my main man, Jeremy Sanders, man. Man, we go back. Well, actually, you know my little brother better than you know me. But, hey, Fred, you just the production team. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who you rooting for, Jeremy? That's all I need to know. Hey, TVU. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. We have to represent the historically black institutions where we both graduated from. So I'm very proud uh, to work with you. Your reputation preceded you. Um, there are a lot of professionals like uh, Dr. Milstead, um, Dr. Yvette Blake. Um, there are just uh, from your reputation when you were in for being ISD, met you when we worked together in Lamar Consolidated ISD. You had just won assistant principal of the year twice in uh, Brazosport ISD when you came over to Lamar? Well, I was once. I was once the principal of the year. I teach, had to teach of the year in Fort Bean, mm. but I won assistant principal of the year in uh, good old Brazosport, the ISD Pride. Yes, yes. And you know what's, what's amazing? I was thinking about this earlier today when I was preparing for the show, and I was thinking to myself, man, I am lucky to have such smart, intelligent friends who I can say, hey, let's get on this podcast and let's talk about going to school. And you guys just are available to do it. So, uh, hey, man, I really appreciate it. I do want to start off with a question. My man, Dr. Milstead, could not make it tonight, but I want to share some of his questions. And the first question is this. There are schools across the country that are opening with superintendents and school boards deciding on what is best practices for keeping students safe and COVID free in school districts and the system. Some say that reopening the schools should have been universally led by the secretary of education. Do you feel that everyone having one plan to return to school should have been best or allow states to select their own standards for opening schools? Oh, well, well, let's just talk about first when we're in teaching and they talk about, you know, teaching our kids. We don't, we don't teach the same lessons to each and every one of our kids. We differentiate. Yeah. So the same thing comes with school. Every school, every kid is not the same. Every community is not the same. Everybody has different resources. Everyone is walking a different story. So you can't say that one plan fits everybody. Mm -hmm. And so saying that only, you know, that I have this plan of opening schools and everybody's got to follow it. That's saying like, I'm going to take this lesson and I'm going to teach it to the same kids. doesn't matter what they come. So I think it's best that communities and districts decide what's best for their kids, for their community, because they know their communities way better. Just like a teacher knows her students. Yeah, admin can walk into your classroom and tell you what, what you need to do with your kids. But as a teacher, you know your kids. As a superintendent, as a district leader, you know what's best for your community. Mm -hmm. So you can't say, you know, plan fits every community in the nation. You can't speak for everybody. Yeah, you can suggest options, but you should let district holders and community holders take the part. Since they've been given this role and this responsibility, you should trust that they have their best interest in their community. 
Yes, Dr. Sanders, what do you think about that? I'm going to have to start off in the words of Dr. Dane Whitfield, principal up there in uh, Grapevine, up near Grapevine in Dallas, Texas. Because mm-hmm. he, he, he's been trending on Twitter. Uh-huh. He started off, sit down, bitch. Sit down, bitch. Because this thing, this is my, I agree, Dr. Saeed. You can't, there's no one size fits all. You can't sit up here and say, well, we need to open all schools up immediately. Not in hot spots. You have to do differentiation with it. We've got some people going back face to face full blown. We've got some people that are phasing in. For Houston, Harris County, and Fort Bend County mm-hmm. are hot spots right now. We're in the red. My own son, and we live in Fort Bend County. There, they started off what we first make the decision and look at it after that. My wife's like, well, as long as we're in the red, though, they're going to do remote. And so I, I think you have to do what's beneficial to that county. I think you have to do what is going to be suited for that district. You have to look at all of those things because, yes, we can say, well, it's not affecting children that much. You can say that, but does the, the data really prove that? Because everybody's affected differently. Mm-hmm. And I say this because my wife, is just recovered from COVID. She just tested negative about a week and a half ago, and it hit her pretty hard. And it was so amazing because my boys and myself, we tested negative. I tested negative twice, mm. trying to make sure. So taking my father to the doctor that I may have contracted it and gave it to her, but I didn't. With her having issues for lungs and things of that nature, us getting calling 911, it affects people differently. So you can't sit up here and have the same plan, various things to suit the various needs. It's just like we we teach towards the needs of the child. We we use the curriculum, but we're going to use differentiation to teach the needs is what's going to benefit the child. So I think you have to look at it that way. Uh, so is are we supposed to be led by the Secretary of Education? Is she a leader? Is she our leader in education? In the words of Dr. James Whitfield, I'm still going to ride with what he's saying. Hashtag. I mean, I, I, I'm going to stand what I said earlier. Yes, you can be a leader, but do you really know the communities that you're serving? Yeah. The people that do know the communities you're serving are the district leaders. Mm-hmm. So to say that you know everybody would be, would be a false answer yeah. because those that are close, closely related or closely have worked with the communities know what's best forward your community based on the resources. Yeah, you can say what you think is best based on where you stand, but you should allow some sort of control to people who are, you know, under you, who you can delegate your answers to. Yes. And just a question that I was thinking, Dr. Saeed, as you was talking, um, do y'all think that the Department of Education should be cut um, or should be broken up from a K-12 and then have a uh, collegiate level? Uh, Do you think that the Department of Education should be uh, done? This is a strictly opinion. What do you think about that? Tell me with that one. I've never thought about it that way, but I don't, I think that, that, that wouldn't be a bad idea to have it broken up, you know, for elementary uh, secondary and, and collegiate level. That's not a bad idea, actually. What benefit would that give us 
And is it, does that mean greater representation for us as teachers or does that mean greater representation for students? You know, cause going back to school is going to look different as you guys have already pointed out. Um, and going back to school, there were about 170,000 students in the Houston area that went back to school. And that number is overwhelming. And parents expressed concerns about sending their school, their kids back to school during this era of COVID-19. And from what the experts in medicine tell us about COVID-19 is that its impact on children should parents be worried about their kids contracting and spreading the coronavirus. You, you have to look at variation as a parent. Not feel like my health is decent, but those were the things that even we all took into consideration. And I know a lot of districts have looked at that because, you know, some of our children, they are taken care of by their elders, mm-hmm. grandparents, things of that nature. And so that was one of the things that we're trying to be done was to mitigate the spread. I look at myself and I, I, I want to make sure that I'm protected myself with you. So like now when I go to work, I make sure I have my mask on. Um, I tried the face shield today. That was very different. Face shield and a mask is like, I'm going to have to go back to contact because I won't be able to see anything. But I think you have to look at everything from medical health for your parents, seeing what, because, you know, kids, they kind of can bounce back, you know, and could catch the virus and actually some may not, though, recover quickly. And it's for us a little bit harder. And so those are some concerns. And so I think you parents, you have to look, take in precautions. But also, I do understand, and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but I do understand the fact of normalcy. You know, uh, for the social emotional learning piece, we have to look at that. So that's why, like, a lot of people are like, I don't understand why they're trying to rush back to So we're trying to get them back in a sense of normalcy. Because you have kids, you know, we have to think about those kids that also don't have it so good at home. Mm-hmm. That, and when I say that, you know, uh, could be in an abusive relationship, have a family member with, that's dealing with abuse or dealing with a family member that they're witnessing being abused or neglected or where they're the caretakers or they don't have that. You know, some of our kids, you know, uh, in low socio D, they only get meals from school. So if curbside had stopped, a lot of our kids were going to starve. So I see both sides. And it's not a one-size-fits-all. Some probably do need to work remotely because of the condition. However, but I have to go to work, and I have no one to watch my first-grade child, then I have to send them to school because I don't really have another choice. There's not a YMCA at every corner that's willing to do the supervision for virtual learning. So you you have some parents that are put in a bind, and you have to understand that. You know, I, I definitely do as an educator. I'm kind of split on both sides, but I see why parents are concerned because of health. That That is top priority because, remember, curriculum and everything, and that's what we stress, but at the end of the day, it's safety first. What do you think about that impact? Should parents be worried about their kids spreading and contracting the the virus? I mean, this whole situation is it's all brand new to us. We've never dealt with this before. So we can I can understand why parents are nervous. They have questions. 
there's a lot of it's the unknown of how this is going to be the new normal. But, you know, just piggybacking off of what everyone else is doing, saying here, I can see why a lot of parents want schools to open up and want to send their kids back based on resources and how there might not be a lot of support at home for their child. Or, you know, there are kids who are going through some social emotional issues that only schools can provide counseling, mentorship. So they probably don't have those kind of resources at home. And I mean, me personally, I come from a community where language, um, the English language is not very strong. So parents don't know how to speak English. They don't know how to use technology to support their child. I have um, parents in my class that I have to sometimes speak in a different language through a different video recording to teach the lesson. So I can see why parents are nervous of having them stay at home and learn at home because of resources. But then you also have to see, you know, going back, safety is a priority. We want to make sure we're, we're going in the right way. We're not rushing into something just so we can get back to having a normal life. And to be honest, when we do go back full time, it's not going to be normal. Um, it's going to, it's going to take some time to adjust. And there's going to be a lot of things in place to make sure kids, you know, parents, the community, everybody has the right state of mind because kids it's going to be different. Kids have not been in that regular setting since March. Yes. And for somebody who is not used to that kind of environment, um, it can affect them. So I think because this is all unknown, we also have to give time to schools to also find a plan to, to prepare to help our parents and kids out. Yes. I want to give a quick shout out to Stephen Galloway with this, um, this nugget of his drop. Um, students haven't been in school for 173 days up until for in our school district. Um, 173 days which is almost an entire school year. They have been out of school for almost an entire school year. And so to for I, and I can understand the normalcy as well and and getting back to normalcy. But um as a father myself, I'm I'm a little afraid of sending my kids back to an environment where they could catch it. I I, I personally um, can can sympathize and like Jeremy said, I can see both sides. Uh, just something else that I want to point out is that some school districts are giving their parents the option for virtual instruction in lieu of face to face learning. In your opinion, Doctor Saeed, what are some of the advantages of virtual instruction? Well, first of all, I feel like this virtual instruction has taught kids, I guess, future academic goals. Because honestly, you don't get this virtual things until you get to college. Um, so it's prepared kids um, with future readiness. It has taught kids um, digital learning. I know I did my whole dissertation on online learning. And what's so interesting, and I don't know, I don't know if this is, this is kind of weird or anything, but before COVID started, I had a pandemic piece in my dissertation. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. I had a whole section on how teachers would have to teach during a pandemic. And I told my kids back in January, it would be interesting if this, if we actually taught this way, how would y'all go about doing that? And then come March, we're in this, you know, whole, whole um, pandemic. But I think this has opened up eyes to a lot of parents and a lot of kids and there could be other possibilities of ways of learning. Um, there are some disadvantages, you know, if I should share some that are about 
no social, kids are lacking social skills. I know health is also a main priority, especially, you know, for teachers and for kids to have so much screen time. So there are some bit, bit of a complications. There are pros for virtual learning because you're trying to make sure everybody is safe, yeah. lead learning, but there are also some disadvantages of you're not socially connected anymore. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy, you want to uh, shed some light on that as well? Um, what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of virtual learning? Well, some of the advantages, you know, you do have um, less discipline issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm, and I'm just speaking from a secondary piece. Um, however, you know, there are some things that you struggle with. Like, for me, one of the things, if I was to go into um, – Let's say an uh, interview tomorrow. They would be like, "What's your what's what what's your stronghold? What's your strength? Build a relationship." This is different for me because yeah. I I don't know how to build a relationship virtually, yeah. but I'm trying and I'm yeah. trying to learn that. So I'm trying to educate myself and get literature and things of that nature. But it's something that got that got an unknown for teachers, staff. You know, it's like okay, we're trying to teach virtually like we discussed today about walkers like i've never done a virtual walker mm-hmm. i've never taught virtually either so this is where you have to look at about giving some grace uh with your staff but also you know you do some of those kids that are introverts this is good for them this is something that they feel they feel they're they're, they're in an element that they're comfortable where you don't always get that child that maybe an introvert or to themselves want to speak in a class. They'll do the work and they'll turn it in, but they don't want to speak in the class. Well, guess what? Now they're willing to speak in the class. Now they're willing to go and do it through the chat. And so you have some advantages to it, but like I said, you have the disadvantages because now you're really having your teachers work overdrive to make sure they get a, 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 a comfortable idea of this SEL, which is something I'm trying to grab my, grasp myself. So, you you know, I'm with Dr. Sykes. You have both sides, and there are some negatives and some positives on both ends. Yeah. Uh, does this make teachers better teachers, uh, being able to uh, go between what we like to call synchronous and asynchronous learning? I think you can't replace technology. Like, you teachers you still need to be present. Like you still need to have that connection. You can't just stick a YouTube video in there and be like, I'm done for the day. Um, there's, there's a lot involved. And I know from, from educators and it's, it takes a lot of energy out of you to be remotely present. And I think one of the disadvantages of virtual teaching as an educator would be the internet connectivity. I mean, you're constantly being dropped off and the kids are like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Um, and, but I think other than that, it's, it's opened up many minds because I remember being a technology specialist and that dealt with a lot of digital immigrant teachers yeah. and a lot of teachers who just would not want to touch the computer. Mm-hmm. So I think this has kind of opened them up to this world that if we were to go back, you know, face to face, the flipped classroom model would exist. I mean, Khan Academy. Um, Salman Khan, he, he created Khan Academy years ago um, of a 12-foot classroom model of, okay, I can 
put my videos out there and then take the time in the classroom to just focus on collaborative environments. So I think virtually teaching has opened up eyes to many educators that, okay, maybe I shouldn't be lecturing the entire class period. Mm-hmm. I can create a video, put it out there. And in class, we can do a Socratic seminar. We can have collaborative teams, you know, collaboration, a Google class, classroom collaboration. We should take the time during class to create a student-centered activity. So I think this has opened up many educators to feed the education from a different perspective. You can do so much as a teacher by posting things in advance and having it taught before the kids get there. So I think many, and this is what I've heard from many teachers, that this has taught them instruction can be posted in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I like to call it being your own teaching assistant. Um, that's one of the good things that I liked about Flipboard when I was using it in my classroom was that I could send out topics of Flipboards or or have classroom discussions in my Flipboard. Um, so that I think you are absolutely correct. And it we have to start focusing on collaborative environments specifically because that collaboration is 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 the future. Student talk. We know that they're tested on the application level. And anyway, I'm preaching to the choir. But anyway, you know, so uh, we're going to have to just move to the application level, especially within our instruction. Uh, that is our time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Saeed and Dr. Future Dr. Jeremy Sanders. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it just flowed out. Like, you just look around and it's 30 minutes. So, wow. No, thank you so much, Will, for having us. Thank you. Man. Yes, I enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So you're going to have to come back on the show before, but before you go, uh, Dr. Saeed, is there anything um, that you're doing that you can let our guests know that you're a part of? I am a, I'm a teacher. I teach fourth grade and I am trying to, you know, bring technology into the, into the world based on my dissertation, my goal, I guess, is to kind of build community diversity. I come from a Pakistani background. Um, I'm a Muslim American. So I try to help other educators kind of try and teach them about diversity and how to include, um, especially include like Muslim the community into their classrooms. And I know I'm, I, use, I utilize my Instagram, my Twitter to kind of just promote that of how to um, teach kids uh, diversity and how to create that inclusive classroom and so majority of the time that's what i'm trying to teach other educators what where can we find you on twitter and instagram uh, my twitter handle is at teaching and more and my instagram handle is the same thing at teaching and more so you'll see other things that are not related to teaching i i enjoy cooking and decorating and event planning and Attending weddings. <laughs> I think Will knows all about that. Hey, man, you know what? I'll be stalking your wedding. I'll be like, good thing. What is y'all doing? <laughs> man. Nobody's always getting married. How could you, man? Look at all of it. Man, those weddings are amazing. And then all the stuff that you do. But uh, just to let our listeners know, um, you have to follow Teaching and More because she is an amazing person. I know I've seen her up close and I know that she's an amazing teacher. Um, she taught. Uh, a relative of mine and I just appreciate she's a good spirit and I, and I forget how amazing she is. But when she starts speaking, it just brings back like this is an amazing person and destined for greatness. And uh, Jeremy, 
Jeremy, where can we find you at on Twitter? And are you doing anything amazing right now? Uh, right now, man, I'm just I'm just trying to change change the world one kid at a time, man. <laughs> you know that that's me, man. If I can make an impact and and I can touch one, you know, hey, I I, I that that's my goal. Um, you know, uh, you can catch me on Twitter at J Sanders Lee. Um, you know, I got a picture of both, but it's not hard to find. I got a picture of both my sons up there because they matter. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm all about diversity. I'm all about trying to make sure we, you know, one thing about it, we've got, I've heard a lot of people tell me that they don't see color and I tell them all the time, but you should. And I'm all about trying to promote diversity, self-awareness, letting people know, you know, know, know your worth. And I also stress a lot of positivity, things that I get, I share. And also with leadership, stressing about leadership, because there's a difference between leadership and dictatorship. And I tell people, a leader's going to show, dictator's going to tell. It, it, I, I say Jay Sanders leads because I believe, I try to help people. And one thing about it, I believe in growth. And if I can help a person progress to where they want to go, that's how I get my blessing. Yes. I believe you should promote and try to help people to reach their dreams. And that's all I'm about. So if we need to network. We need to talk about things. I want to talk about how I can get you to the next level. I know God got me and I know I will get there. But right now, let's see how we can help you. So, yeah, at Jay Sanders Leads, it's on Twitter. And, hey, you know, uh, it's all about, you know, networking and trying to help the next person. Yes, so sir. I tell people all the time. Be kind because you never know who's going to be your boss. I'm talking. To, I might be talking to one of my uh, supervisors on this podcast yeah. right now. I'm telling you, are hey, dude. <laughs> she, hey, I, <laughs> Nita. Let's let's tell the truth. How many times have I said you gonna hire me? Remember that? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. Sometimes I don't believe that well. <laughs> hey, Nita. Look, when you get to where you're going, man, remember your boy because I'm sure gonna turn in the application. <laughs> 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 You're hired, Will. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, well, uh, I want to thank you guys for being on the show, and um, this concludes our episode. It's time for flip tips. Today's flip tip is brought to us by Janet Spire. So today's lesson is how to share your Flipboard magazine on social media. Number one, open Flipboard and navigate to the magazine of your choice. Select the three dots on the top right side of the magazine. Select share the magazine from the top and drag the navigation down. Click on your magazine to select share. Scroll past the social media icons. Select one to share for your magazine. Type your post information and then select tweet to share it. Check your magazine post on Twitter or Facebook. Congratulations. You shared your first Flipboard magazine. Flipboard EDU podcast is a great resource for teachers, students, and administrators. 
Playboy fam, what's up? That was a great episode. I want to give a shout out to my homegirl, Dr. Nita Saeed, and the future Dr. Jeremy Sanders. I want to thank you all for listening. And plus, we did that right before it was a hurricane that missed us in the Gulf down here on South Texas. I also want to give a shout out to all of you listening around the world. Shout out to that one listener in Burma. I see you. Our next episode will be about education. See you next episode, ladies and gents.